Welcome into a brand new Friday edition of the Crowd Assist Podcast. I am your host today, Kevin Misery, here with a special edition special guest, Ryan Talbot of New York Upstate Bills Updates. Ryan, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. We, you know, obviously we love having the guys over there on the show. Matt Perino is a guest of our show frequently, and Ryan is his right-hand man over there. As always, the Crowdasis Podcast is sponsored by Picasso's Pizza. Get out there for the best pizza in Western New York. Even if you live somewhere else, they do ship. Uh, they do have some great deals going on for shipping as well. So get out there and try the best pizza in Western New York, or go ahead and make it part of your Sunday tradition. That's Picasso's Pizza. So we have a great, great show lined up for you today. Always love having uh, a good guest on. Lots of stuff going around the league, Ryan, and we're going to probably start right there um, with this COVID situation between the Titans, um, some more positive test results coming out of that um, out of that. Uh, location right now and they're in kind of major disarray with their game being postponed till later in the season moving some bye weeks around and then more importantly in, in, in Bill's news kind of they're on the ropes for next weekend so Ryan what's kind of your initial take on on what's going on over there in Tennessee and and how do you feel about you know how the league's handling it well I think the league is doing everything they can I think they've handled it pretty well uh, it just seems like there's more and more names getting added to that COVID list each day. You know, today it's Adam Humphreys, uh, Cameron Batson, uh, a player on their practice squad. I already have Christian Fulton and a, a few other players on that 53-man roster. Uh, so, yeah, you know, with, with this first game this weekend obviously being postponed and rearranged, I think if you see another Titans player or two test positive either tomorrow and or Sunday, uh, I think that they're going to start looking at moving the, the Bills game as well, whether that means moving it to a uh, moving it to a later date or whatever the case may be. I mean, I think that's what they would have to do there, obviously, looking at Buffalo's schedule and, and what's after uh, Tennessee. So it, it, it's not ideal. You know, you don't want to come to a team and say, hey, we're moving your bye week up or down this many spots. Uh, but it, it is what it is right now with this situation. And it, it seems like the NFL is doing everything it can to make sure that no other teams have an outbreak like what we're seeing in uh, Tennessee. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's a crazy situation, one that is going to probably go into multiple weeks. And the Bills obviously have a later bye week this season. If it does trickle into the Bills game uh, next Sunday, what happens here, Ryan? Are we going to week 18? And then that's it. I mean, that's the false, the fail safe of this whole thing. I mean, it's probably going to be an important game for the standings purposes, most likely, unless they're both, I guess, locked up there. I'd, I'd assume they're at least jockeying for seeding positions. Um, so they need to get this game in um, just for multiple reasons. So do you think that week 18 is the option here? If, if something does, like you mentioned, come out this weekend with some more, you know, even one or two more positives would probably do them in. Um, not Now they're not getting the range of missing like their entire depth of their team. Um, you know, no, no quote unquote stars, not that that's important to the situation, but it is just pure body numbers. Um, so do you think that it goes to week 18 and number two, what is your opinion on the, isn't this the reason we had 16 man practice squads and, uh, kind of interested to know, um, kind of your opinion on both of those things. Yeah. Well, when, with the latter part of the 16 man practice squad, I think a part of that was if you had one or two guys. Uh, test positive or, or go down for a week or so you know with, with this though we're, we're getting very close to calling it a, an outbreak if we're not already uh, con considering we're seeing so many players so many people in terms of the personnel on that team coming down with it 
Uh, week 18, yeah, that might be a, a scenario that they look at. They might try to flip-flop a few different games around. I don't know how realistic that is, uh, but move a game up here, move a game down, just try to squeeze it all in. Uh, I'm not sure what the best scenario is here. And obviously, I think that the NFL is going to try to do its, its very best to make sure that this Bills-Titans game gets played. Uh, next week, but they're also not going to say, well, hey, Buffalo, you know, there might still be a few positive tests here or there in Tennessee. Uh, you know, we hope it doesn't spread to you guys, but we, we just got to play out the schedule. They're not going to do that. If, it ha if a second team comes down with it, then all of a sudden you're really panicking about the outlook of the entire season overall. So they, they, they definitely need to get this handled now. Uh, it's something to definitely monitor. I, I don't know if the NFL, though, at the same time would say, well, hey, listen, you guys put yourself in this situation, if that is the case. And I don't know the whole logistics behind it, but I know that there's some people who are coming out saying there should be fines if uh, sure. if it's been proven that these guys did something that uh, broke the rules. But if it's something like that, maybe they do say, listen, we, we moved one of your games already. We can't move this one. Those guys are out. You're going to have to use some bodies from that practice squad. I think that's the least likely scenario, but I guess never say never in the NFL. Yeah, that's very true. And I mean, let's look at it from a Bills perspective a little bit now as we have been. Um, in your opinion, do you play this football game? Like if right now today, as we're sitting here recording Friday on October 2nd, uh, do you play this football game next Sunday? If you're Trey White, a guy who almost opted out, um, you know, even really anybody on the roster, how do you confidently go in, in a very physical setting and participate at the highest level knowing that the guys on the, uh, across from you whether they did or didn't break rules it seems increasingly likely there's been rumblings of things that we don't know anything that happened there and why this outbreak happened but you know I'm sure some of that'll come out in the next couple of days regardless of that right, do you play this football game if you're look at it from the Bills perspective if you're a Buffalo Bills team you know I don't care what position you play do you play this game out or are you literally going to the league and or your coach your GM saying they got to push this. I mean, they're, they're going to need at least look at, look at the MLB who needed, you know, you look at the Cardinals, you look at the Marlins need multiple weeks off. I mean, they barely got in their games and this isn't the MLB. So do you think that you, do you want to play this game as, as, as a member of the bills, knowing that this week's postponed and potentially more positive cases, or do you just say, we trust the league. If for some reason these positives decline and, and things are getting back to normal by Tuesday, you know, Wednesday, how, how do you play this football game, Ryan? I guess that's kind of, that's kind of where I stand from a, from a bill on a bill's perspective. I think it's a mix of both things that you said. I think you trust the league in terms of if the league comes to the bills and say, Hey, listen, uh, everyone that's tested positive, you know, their, their most recent test has been a negative. We're going to test them again. They've been away from the facility. Here's what we've done to the facility to make sure that the uh, outbreak doesn't spread there anymore. Uh, if they can answer all the questions that the Bills may have, the players may have, I, I think that that may be able to get it done. But at the same time, if there's any looming possibilities about players there testing positive, you don't send them to play this game. The, the league, not, I don't think the league will, will put a stop to that, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's up to the league to prove to the Bills, to prove to the Bills players that this would be a safe situation for them. Uh, because like I said earlier, if another team comes down with it and it's the Titans that are the team that they're playing against, well, this looks that looks really bad for the NFL because it would look like they didn't do their, uh, maybe not due diligence, but it means they, they didn't uh, check every box off in terms of making sure it was safe for another team to come in and play that game. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a really good way to look. I like that way. I mean, they're going to have to prove to the Bills that this game is safe to play. Keyword is safe. 
Oh, man, lots to talk about. I'm sure you guys will touch on it. It's a fresh topic, so I wanted to get your opinion on it. So it's, I always like to hear from from all around the league on, on people's thoughts on this whole situation. It's really uh, leads for a good debate. So I'll you know, follow along to your, your guys' thoughts on it as the weeks progress here. Um, but, you know, there is football to be played Sunday. Um, every other team around the league except Pittsburgh is going to be playing. Um, you know, most notably in our case, the Bills are traveling to Las Vegas to where they had a little bit of a mishap as well um, at a charity event for, for Waller. Um, claimed that it was very brief that they were out without masks in an indoor charity setting. Do you think that that the bills are on high alert now knowing what happened in Tennessee and knowing that that wasn't great optics, Ryan, or do you think that those are kind of totally separate events that the bills are just going to go that pray that those negative results keep coming in? So do you think that those that has a factor in all this, say the Tennessee thing didn't happen, might not be as big of a deal, right? Or, or what, where do you stand on that whole charity event without masks um, thing that went around earlier this week? I still think it raises some flags. I mean, Trey White went as far as to say that they noticed that story when it came out. They were a little concerned that uh, some players would be would allow themselves to go without a mask long enough to be photographed, to have videos come out to show them not wearing the masks. Uh, there was something with uh, Derek Carr throwing a ball, you know, $500 football, signed football for charity, and he wasn't wearing a mask in that. There's the photos where he's walking around. So, you know, we, we may never know just how long uh, these guys were going without masks on for that event itself, but it definitely raises some flags. I'm sure, though, every player there has been tested multiple times, especially the ones that uh, were, were shown without the masks. And the fact that at this point there has been no news, no reports of anyone testing positive from the Raiders, that's at least a good sign. But like you said, that's bad optics for the Raiders. That's bad optics for this league. Um because just, you know, one or two players can, can bring down an entire locker room and then that can spread very quickly and, and a lot more damage can be done. Yeah, and, and we've seen that. But uh, for now, it looks like all positive um, news coming out of there with negative results, at least. The Bills will be in the air tomorrow. And I'm saying the last thing they want is something to pop up on Saturday. Uh, what a horrible situation that would be. But as of right now, there's football to be played this weekend as there's no – um, bad news coming out of Vegas. So a little bit about the game, Ryan. Really, really interested to know your opinion. First, starting off the top, the Bills did just put Cam Lewis back on their practice squad and release Antonio Williams, um, a move, I guess, that shows they're getting healthy at running back and um, I guess healthy at cornerback uh, too. They, you know, they don't have a spot for Lewis as presumptuously um, Josh Norman will be coming off the IR list. Um, so Initially, let's look at the injury report, and you see Mario Addison just get tagged with a questionable tag after not practicing today, uh, as well as Zach Moss with his limited participation all week with the questionable tag, and Delshawn Phillips is out. Um, are you worried about Mario Addison, a major a major factor in this game? Um, one of the Bills' best pass rushers specifically. Is that concerning to see him pop up as a questionable here on Friday and it did not participate today? Um, and do you think that the Bills will risk – I don't know if the word is risk. Do you think that they play Zach Moss or will they roll with TJ Yeldon? So what is kind of your opinion on the, uh, the semi-decent uh, injury news coming out of Buffalo with all those names on the list? Yeah, you know, with, with Addison first, it's a little concerning that he popped up there after not being listed on Wednesday, Thursday. Obviously, something happened uh, at the tail end of Thursday's practice or sometime during Thursday or, or something we don't know. So it's a little concerning, uh, a knee injury for a defensive end that's a little bit, you know, older per se. 
Uh, someone that's played extremely well, though, for Buffalo this season since coming over from Carolina. So it's concerning in that light. Um, in terms of, you know, should we be concerned if he can't play on Sunday? My answer would probably be no, as, as good as he is. You know, uh, Trent Murphy has been fine at one side. You obviously have Jerry Hughes at the other. You can bring up Daryl Johnson. You have A.J. Epineza, who flashed uh, a little bit early in that game last week. Um, you would be missing a significant piece, but the one thing I'll say about Derek Carr is he generally gets the ball up very quickly anyways. Um, so you're not going to necessarily get him down unless you get the Raiders behind by a significant score where then he almost has to hold the ball to scan the field to try to push the ball in that intermediate deep range. Um, so, you know, I think sacks are going to be hard to come by early in this game. Uh, they can still get pressure, though, with Hughes, with Murphy, with the interior of that line. I, it would be great for the Bills to have Addison out there, but I still think this is an extremely winnable game with or without him. Zach Moss, yeah, you know, limited all three days. I, I guess that's a good sign that he was able to go all week, even, even if it was just in a limited capacity. Um, after last week, though, I'd be more than okay if it is TJ Yeldon again, and, and which would mean probably a, a big work load for Devin Singletary, who went over 100, 120 yards between rushing and receiving. I think that you can get him going. Uh, you can get him in some kind of rhythm, which is big for running back. And the Raiders are among the uh, – they might actually be number one uh, in terms of missed tackles this year. And if there's one thing that Singletary does well, it's he's that elusive back that can make him miss with those little side steps, the little step backs. Uh, we, we even saw that last week against the Rams. So, you know, you, you have him up going against this Raiders defense that can't tackle or that struggles to tackle, and it could be another big day for him. So as long as they have Singletary as their lead back on Sunday once again, I don't think you're in any rush to necessarily get uh, Zach Moss back. But if he feels healthy enough to go, yeah, get him back out there. Get him in some kind of rhythm. Uh, but still make sure that Singletary is your lead back. Yeah, no, I mean, I am on the, I am on the, the side of Singletary. Um, I know there is some, a small percentage of, of fans that actually had Moss as a higher rated running back on the team. And uh, week one was really a 50-50 share. Uh, we weren't really sure which way that would go, but I just think Singletary's a more dynamic back at this point of his career, uh, really only a, a year older than, than Moss in terms of NFL experience. But it does look like he's got a little of that wiggle, that crazy first step. Ryan, I think that he's the better option in the Buffalo Bills offense right now with how they play. Uh, Moss is really taking over for that Frank Gore type of role. So we'll see how that develops if he does happen to go this weekend and in future weeks. But looking on the Raiders side, there is some, I guess, if you want to call major injury concerns. They're without three of their six receivers. Obviously, Ruggs is um, doubtful. Um, so, you know, he didn't practice all week. Not sure why he doesn't have the out tag, but does have the doubtful tag. Uh, Brian Edwards is said to be going on injured reserve with his foot ankle injury, uh, as as well as Rico Gafford, a uh, guy that they, you know, big connections to Josh Allen out of Wyoming, hit with the doubtful tag as well. Um, so, you know, if you look on, look on their side of things and Damon are not a big cornerback that they just drafted, uh, was playing pretty well. It's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a semi-decent loss for them. Um, they're also missing Daniel Ross, a defensive tackle. He's out. Um, and then, you know, they're hoping to get back Nick Kwiatkowski back, a guy that's supposed to be part of the mix as, um, John Gruden called him as questionable, but he did practice in full today. And John Abra, um, a questionable too. So there's some major names over there. They're, they're going to be playing three of their six receivers, one being potential for a Zay Jones revenge game. 
Um, do you, would you call that, obviously they have Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller. Would you call that offense, I mean, any offense missing three of their six active game day um, receivers? Uh, would you call that limited, Ryan? Or are you still, well, they have enough to get it done with Nelson Aguilar um, and et cetera on their roster. Do you, do, you, do you think that that offense can move the ball? Do you think it's a get right game for the Bills defense? Or is that still scary knowing that they have Waller and Jacobs? I think it's a get right game for this defense as long as they can stop the run. Uh, if they can't stop the run, if they can't slow down Jacobs, who, you know, fit, I believe he's around fifth in the league in rushing, but under four yards in terms of yards per carry. If they can't slow that down, then, then I think the Raiders' game plan is going to be feed Jacobs the ball early and often and, and then use the run to set up plas, uh, pass plays to guys like Darren Waller, obviously their star player on that offense. Even if you don't have rugs, even if you don't have Edwards, they can get open. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, can, you know, he's shown that he can get open at times in his career. Zay Jones, more of that pose- uh, possession guy, isn't going to wow you by any means. Uh, and then obviously Hunter Renfro. Renfro could actually probably have the, the biggest game of that trio uh, in terms of receptions, in terms of yards. But yeah, no, I, I just don't feel like that's enough to necessarily win this game. They're also banged up on the offensive line. Uh, you have Trent Brown, who barely played in, in week one before going down with that injury. He's doubtful again, didn't participate with that Trent, uh, that calf injury. Obviously, Richard Incognito is not in this game. He was put on that uh, short-term IR. Uh, and we were talking yesterday with Adam Hill, uh, a beat reporter for the Raiders, and he was talking about how, you know, they, they were able to move one guard out to tackle. He's played pretty well, but then that's pushed John Simpson into the starting lineup uh, out of Clemson, and Simpson's really struggled, and, and it's been a little bit of a nightmare for the for the Raiders' offensive line. So, it, it, again, that's something the Bills should be able to take advantage of. That should help them slow down Jacobs if they can – beat Simpson on a regular basis. So I, I think that there's a good chance for the Bills to get right in this game. Um, I, I know the Bills have their own strengths, but I, if I were them, I would look at some of the things that the Patriots did last week. Bill Belichick uh, double-teamed the, the check-down receivers on third down for Carr because Carr loves to go to those check-downs, those, you know, the, the, the first reads that you would have. They put linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties on Darren Waller. They were switching up the looks, switching up who was in coverage. The Bills have Matt Milano, who can obviously cover Darren Waller. They have the members in the secondary, whether it be cornerbacks or safeties that could line up on him as well. So, you know, take some of what you saw New England do really well. Obviously, maybe modify it and make it your own. But the Bills are more than capable, I think, of matching up and at least limiting what Waller can do out there on the field. Definitely. I mean, Waller's a key to this game. Uh, he's just been been a beast. Uh, there's no other way to put it um, as as a tight end and one of the most emer- uh, best emerging tight ends in this league. Um, but could you imagine, I know there's some rumblings out there, Sam Young, that they claim they're missing Sam Young. Um, you know, Max Bill, like a guy – that uh, I don't think makes this roster this year. Could you imagine thinking that you miss Sam Young? Um, but anyways, he is, you know, potentially, I don't know what their plans are with Sam Young in this this game, but um, obviously without Trent Brown, I don't know if if Young sees the field this this in this game, but um, that offensive line's brutal. I mean, it's, 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 it's beatable. That's why I'd love to see, you know, Mario Addison playing in this one. I mean, uh, you have Rodney Hudson, a pretty good center. Uh, he's probably the, the key cog of this, this line, um, really a plus player, um, for, for any of the five that are going to be starting on, on Sunday. So other than that, it doesn't seem like there's going to be much there, uh, prohibiting the bills defensive line from really helping out, 
um, with these big offensive yardage numbers that they've been allowing. But, you know, then again, it is one against one of the league's best in the, in the Rams last week. Um, the Dolphins game is a little more concerning to me. So hopefully they get right uh, in this specific game. But if you turn, turn your, turn your attention quickly to their defense, uh, they're, they're obviously going to be, like I mentioned earlier, they're going to be missing our net uh, guy that they had like really came on a really good run defender uh, plus run defender there. Um, so that's going to, they're going to take a knock actually. And in, in the run defense, uh, he gets, he, he likes to put his nose into it. Um, but the, you know, the rest of the defense is, is pretty porous. Um, do you see the same things? I know they, they really like Clellan Farrell, a guy that they picked instead of Ed Oliver early in the draft. Um, do you, do you see the same things with this porous defense? Do you think that they do some things right that you've seen? Um, I mean, they're going to have some major problems in the defensive backfield. Uh, you know, hopefully LaMarcus Joyner, Mullen, um, are being able to, 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 to guard what is considered one of the best receiver trio or, you know, trios in this league, Ryan. So do you think that they have enough on the defensive side to get this done? Um, and, you know, if, if not, why not? If so, why so? Well, the one thing I'll say about them is that they have pretty good team speed on the defensive side of the ball, but the speed doesn't mean much if you're not doing the right things. Uh, and last week they were over pursuing everything with the Patriots. It, it led to a big day at the office for those running backs in new England. Uh, if the, the defense for the Raiders plays like that this week, it's going to be a big day for Devin Singletary and uh, whatever other backs are available, possibly for Josh Allen in the passing game, but also as a runner, they were over pursuing, they were missing tackles. Um, I will say that Trayvon Mullins uh, or Trayvon Mullen had a nice game for them, multiple passes defense, uh, but he's not a guy that moves. So let's just say the Bills start out with Stefan Diggs uh, going one-on-one with Mullen. And if maybe Mullen starts off and plays well, if the Bills really want to move Diggs around, I don't think that Mullen follows him. So then you're talking about joining, you're talking about other guys on that defense that might, uh, or at the cornerback position that would have to kind of cover him. So it, it makes it interesting. I think the Bills obviously really like this matchup on paper, still have to execute, but I, I think that the Bills should be able for the fourth consecutive game, be able to move the ball with uh, some relative consistency. Yeah, it definitely seems like that. And obviously for the injured or not, you're going to get a, uh, kind of a journeyman, you know, plugging in and Nevin Lawson. I mean, and we're many years from 2017 where LaMarcus Joyner was one of the best corners in the league. He had some down years lately um, who will most likely be matched up with Beasley throughout this game as the slot corner. So there is plus matchups all over the field and when the Bills are on offense uh, against this defense. Uh, they do have a stout, to me, a pretty decent defensive interior. Uh, Jonathan Hankins has played really good football. I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, Maurice Hurst has played pretty good football so far as well so that defensive interior might might give the bills a little bit of fits that that's why to me it might be more of a singletary game um than ground up the middle type of game but uh, that back seven's brutal i mean you know I think even Gruden said they've been missing Kwiatkowski a lot at the linebacker position. Um, you know, they kind of have Raekwon McMillan there kind of getting backup snaps right now after trading for him. They have Nicholas Morrow, a guy getting starter snaps, and Corey Littleton as well. Both have been pretty poor at linebacker. Um, so you mentioned the team speed, but do you think that um, the Bills will be able to outgain that speed? Do you think the Bills would be able to, most notably in this specific case, as we've already talked about the receivers, Devin Singletary, do you think he has a plus matchup in this game? in this game, Ryan, or do you think that they have enough at that linebacker position? Because to me, I'm looking at this and, and watching some of their film, that back seven is not very good. No, I, I think the Bills have a ton of plus matchups. I think the Singletary has a great matchup. I think that the wide receiver trio has a great matchup. 
Uh, I guess I would actually say all four of them, the quads, because I think that Gabriel Davis uh, has a really good matchup too. So, no, I I like this. I think this leans towards Buffalo significantly. I think that the way that Brian Dable has schemed things up over the first three weeks, uh, he does a really good job of, one, getting guys open, uh, but also obviously uh, help not helping Allen because Allen's done the work this year in terms of reading the field, using his eyes, everything that we've seen here uh, in, in these major strides. But he makes life a little bit easier for Allen in this offense by the way he draws things up. He looks for weaknesses in the opposing defenses and he attacks them. And I think that's exactly what they're going to do on Sunday, uh, whether that means running the ball a little bit more than usual or just attacking whatever they think that weak spot is or the weakest spot is in that uh, back part of the defense. I think they'll do it, and they're going to do it with a lot of success. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Do you like Sunday night – well, I guess we'll call it Sunday later evening games, 4-15. Do you like these kind of games? Are you? I know people usually are on one side of the fence or the other. Do you like it or do you hate it, Ryan? Uh, I, I'm definitely more of the 1 o'clock guy. I'd rather okay. have all 1 o'clock games, but I get when you have to go out west, you, you have to. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, I've, you know, lived in this area my entire life. I've grown accustomed to mostly seeing one <laughs> o'clock games. It, it's kind of nice to have the, that game sure. over and done with by 420, 430, and then be able to just kind of relax and watch those other games without any uh, worries or any, you know, about deadlines, getting things in. It, it becomes a little bit tighter when you have that night game and then you have the pod right after, then you have the report card and any other, post-game articles as well as getting the article ready for Monday morning. So uh, there's a lot more wiggle room, a lot more time when you have a one o'clock game than you do a, a four, four thirty game. Yeah. Now we do have a question coming in from Justin. Justin asks, Ryan, do you think that the um, Raiders are a potential sixth or seventh wild cards type of team, or do you think that their two and one um, is going to decline? I think they're going to, they're more likely to decline than anything else. I have a lot of question marks about Carr uh, at quarterback there. It wasn't that long ago that he was, he talked up big time after one of his best seasons there as a possible like MVP candidate. But ever since he had that back injury, he's really regressed in terms of his on the field play. Uh, doesn't really stretch the field, checks things down, uh, which, you know, John Gruden can sit out here and say all the positive things that he wants about how much he likes Carr, but, I just think that the first opportunity he gets to upgrade from that position, he's going to end up taking it, whatever that may be, whether that's uh, this year in the upcoming draft, whether that's in free agency, maybe a quarterback comes available. Uh, you know, who knows? You don't want to speculate about around the league, but a, a guy like Cam Newton, if he wants to cash in next year, uh, if, if the Patriots do let him go, you know, maybe the Raiders say, boy, we saw this guy. He played really well. We can bring him in and he can close the gap. Sure. I see them regressing a little bit. I, I think you have the Bills and the Patriots and the AFC East. I'm still not writing off the Dolphins either as a potential oh. uh, threat for the wild card. I know their record. I, I know that week one, they, they lost the Patriots week two, though. They were in that game against the Bills, and they were in that game against the Patriots for a while, too. Uh, but then they just came out, and, and you saw what they did last week. I think I think they looked really good, and I think they're going to get better as the season goes on because there's a lot of new faces that, on both sides of the ball that need to gel together, that need to build that chemistry. And you didn't have OTAs. You didn't have uh, the preseason, the mini camps, anything like that. So I think they're a threat. You look around some of these other divisions, uh, obviously Pittsburgh and Baltimore are are threats uh, to make the playoffs in in their division. Um, Maybe the Browns. I'm not sold on the Browns. Obviously not sold on the Bengals. Um, Not sure what to expect other than the Titans. 
in their division. I don't see necessarily the, the Texans coming back from this poor start like they have in the past. Obviously, because they don't have that true number one wide receiver, uh, their schedule gets a little bit easier. They could hover around 500, though. But there's just so many other teams that I think could be around that same record point as the Raiders will be at the end of this year. Uh, the one thing that they have working for them is, is maybe their division, other than aside from the Chiefs, isn't as good as maybe people thought, whether that be due to injuries or whatever the case may be. I think the Chargers, that's a, a winnable uh, game for for the Raiders and they go against them twice and um, as well as Denver obviously despite them being able to defeat the Jets last night you know depending on how long a lot of those key pieces are out I know Locke's supposed to be back sooner rather than later but that's even a, some winnable games there for the for the Raiders to kind of stay in contention. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. So coming up, they do play the Chargers twice, the Broncos twice, the Jets and Dolphins. So there are some competitor, low-end competitors there for who they might, like you mentioned, the Dolphins might be a big game for them. Um, so their, their schedule is pretty soft. However, prior to some of those games, you know, their next seven is pretty tough. They get the Bills coming in, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Browns. Um, then they have the Chargers, Broncos, but then the Chiefs again. So, I mean, they really need to keep their head above water and, and, and kind of at least win three of those in there. Uh, of those seven games to, to, to stay afloat in that. But yeah, it could go, it could go south before they get the kind of the cake end of their, their last six games. So bills is a good test of them, but then they get the bills, chiefs bucks, Ryan. I don't know that that's a tough, tough, um, uh, little stretch there. And so I don't, you know, feel bad, you know, looking at this on a bill's perspective as well from what their schedule is going to be looking like Tennessee KC as well, uh, coming up. So there's, there, there's no love loss here in the bill side, but that that's a pretty brutal schedule for them to, to stay in this race. So you're right. We'll have to see what happens in the next, especially over the next seven and before they're easy six. So um, to me, I don't think that they're a playoff team. I think you're right. They're going to hover at that seven and nine, eight and eight. So, but this is a big two, uh, seven game stretch to see if they can make that push uh, toward the really pretty easy portion, you know, of their schedule did have another question come in. Do you think Allen's better um, against man or zone Ryan? And do you know what the, do you happen to know what the Raiders run more of? You know, I, I didn't look at what the Raiders run more of, to be quite honest, and, and they might adjust that a little bit this week too, based on all the sure. injuries and everything else. Um, but, you know, that's a tough question because I think he does well against both in certain areas. I, I think that he's been doing a nice job of finding the guys and, and having players sit down against the zone. I think that he's thrown some absolutely beautiful passes against man uh, this year as well. So it's tough for me to say he's, he's better against one than the other, especially with the small sample size that we've seen this year where he's been dynamite all uh, against everything that he's seen out there. So I'm not sure I can answer that part of the question, but I really do think that no, no matter what the Raiders throw at him on Sunday, unless they can get some of that uh, instant pressure, which isn't out of the question because he saw a lot of pressure uh, last week, I thought, where maybe the guards were, were a little bit disappointing for the Bills, uh, especially after they were kind of shuffling things around. The interior itself really struggled. So if the Raiders can do that and enforce some issues, maybe maybe that can lead to some uh, positive plays for them. But I just think that he has everything that uh, you look for in a quarterback that's able to pick apart zones and or man defenses. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that man, his his ability against man has gotten a lot better. Was, you were able to early on in his career go to man blitz, you know, bring pressure on, have him struggle there in man coverage. Um, 
you know, to me, I think he's gotten a lot better against man. He's gotten a lot better, obviously, on his deep throws um, to, to exploit man coverage as well. So um, to me, I, I like to play, I like seeing him play man right now, personally, and against with these good receivers. I think that zone, not that it'll cause him problems. I think there's potential to slow him down, you know, maybe put a spy on him and run a little bit of zone behind him to, 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 to fill those gaps, kind of what the Bills do a little bit. I think is the way to slow down Josh Allen at this specific point in 2020. Um, I think that he's been playing really well. He can get, get really good reads and he's got receivers that get open, Ryan. So at the end of the day, if those receivers are getting open, you want them in man coverage, especially single man, um, especially with them bringing pressure. Cause then there's not anyone there to help uh, maybe in a cover zero situation. So um, to me, I'd like to see him play against man. Um, and I know Paul Gunther doesn't, I don't, I don't know that he's, it, it, I don't think he's a zone guy from my opinion. Um, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent on the, the majority scheme that they run. looks like they do a little bit of everything there. Um, so I, I think they're a little bit more of a man team. So we'll, we'll have to find out, like you mentioned, if they, they alter some, some stuff um, up for this upcoming uh, game. And lastly, Ryan, we did have a question. Do you think the Raiders made the right pick? And this is from, this is from Bill. Do you think the Raiders made the right pick going to Clellan Farrell over Ed Oliver kind of referenced that a little earlier on the show, but What's your real quick opinion on that? Uh, I guess I'd say the jury is still out because <laughs> you look at this draft and Farrell, Oliver, uh, Quinn and Williams, yep. uh, a lot of these guys drafted in that top 10 have had some bright spots and then they've kind of disappeared at times. Uh, Quinn and Williams had two sacks in one of the games this year. And then last night he, he had one or two stops, that I think, in uh, run defense. But then at other times I'd watch him and he kind of just kind of disappeared as did Henry Anderson on the inside of that defensive or on that defensive line. So it, it, I, like I said, the jury's still out because I don't think any of those three, I, I know I threw Quinn Williams in there okay. have necessarily done enough to say, Oh yeah, this guy's significantly better done more. Now, if we get Ed Oliver to be more like the Ed Oliver you saw in the second half of his rookie year, and, and he does that consistently, then then the Raiders make the wrong choice without a doubt. But these guys are all young, um, and, and it, it's hard to say just because um, – oh, I'm blanking now. Christian Wilkins there, for example. I, I didn't think that he necessarily flashed at times last year, but I thought he's, he was playing a lot better early yeah. on this year. And so, so sometimes it takes a little bit longer to see, and I think that's the case for all three of these guys. Uh, so it's way too early to say, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it's, I think they'll, I guess they'll always be tied together. Those two. Um, cause a lot of people will say that the reason if they took Clellan Farrell, there was a reason that Oliver was available, probably true. So we'll never know if that's the case. We'll never know if the bills would have looked at Farrell themselves or if they had other, other plans in mind, if that Oliver wasn't there in, in the draft, um, last season. So, Ryan, really appreciate you coming on, making some time on this gloomy Friday. You know, a lot of people are looking for Bill's coverage with all this uncertainty in the air with next week. I know we touched on the COVID situation a little bit and we touched on this specific game, but uh, I know you guys dominate over there at, at your site. Tell, tell our listeners where to find your stuff, what you're working on, um, what you guys normally look like on a week to week basis with your coverage. Uh, any of that stuff's probably useful for anyone who, you know, may not know. I'm sure a lot of them do though. Yeah, you can find my work on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. You can find uh, my work, or myself and Matt Bruno's work at NewYorkUpstate.com, Syracuse.com. We have a podcast, Shout the Buffalo Football Podcast. Uh, you can find that on all the major uh, podcast platforms. 
but we also do a live show that's streamed on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, using a, a certain app. So, you know, we, we do that live every Wednesday night, generally between seven and eight o'clock as a start time. We also do our preview with a uh, beat reporter from the opposing team, usually Thursday or Friday. And then right after the game or shortly after game is over, man, I get together and do another podcast. So we're doing about three podcasts per week. Uh, and then we're, we're putting up multiple articles on the site on a daily basis. So uh, keep, you know, check out the site if you haven't already. If you have, thank you for this continued support and uh, keep checking it out. Yeah, no, thanks. Once again, thanks for Ryan for coming on. I, you catch me on there occasionally. I do. I do listen to their pod and their live show. I've, I've popped in there many times. Trainer Exports, big supporter of theirs. You catch Matt Perino on here. I'll maybe get Matt on here maybe once a month. Um, good, good show. There's one I like to make, to make time for. So make sure you go out and do that. As always, this show is sponsored by Picasso's Pizza. Go out there and try Picasso's if you haven't already and or order it. If you're not local, I know we have a lot of listeners not quite local to Western New York. So uh, get out there and try Picasso's Pizza. But from everyone here at Trainwreck Sports, this is the Crowd Assist Podcast. We appreciate Ryan for his time. Good night now. <laughs>